Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick the latest NFL news and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is November 12th. This is week 11 of the 2019 NFL season. My name is Michael Nazarek. I am host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, we've got a lot to talk about. My good friend and very smart and very good fantasy football player, Chris Rito, excellent fantasy writer too. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Pretty well, pretty well. It's just one of those anarchy-type weeks. You know, the Dolphins win, the Niners lose. It was 70 degrees here one day, and it snowed three inches the next day. It's just crazy stuff that only happens in the crunch time of fantasy football season. Yeah, is that just cra- is that like the craziest game on, on Monday night, Seattle and San Francisco? And what would possess an offensive lineman to strip the football from his own quarterback only to get it knocked out, and then the defense gets a score on that? I mean, what, what do you think was going through that lineman's head? Uh, probably everything went through it because there was nothing in the way to stop its progress because that was just a, a brain fart. <laughs> that was crazy. It's almost like he thought it was like the last play of the game and we got to try and score in this one play. And uh, I, I, I was laughing at that because I have the San Francisco defense and I needed three points <laughs> at that point in the game. And on that one play, I got like nine, you know, strip sack, fumble, uh, return and all. So I ended up winning my game. Uh, partially because of that, of course, <laughs> it went into overtime of a missed field goal. I mean, it was just crazy stuff. But uh, the, such is the life of the NFL. I guess the NFL kind of got lucky with that matchup on uh, on Monday Night Football this late in the season. But it was a really good, entertaining game. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about uh, before I get into the news and notes here. Uh, the bye weeks are still hanging around, people. I know we got a couple more weeks this week and next week. Last week there were six. Well, now they scaled back down to four. The teams are Tennessee, Derrick Henry. Uh, New York Giants, uh, you know, Daniel Jones, hey, he, you know, he's putting up the numbers there. And Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams and Devontae Adams, all those guys you got to sit this week. And Seattle, Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett has a chance to get his leg better. And Chris Hart Carson, uh, you know, he fumbled again, but so did Sharp Penny. So, anyway, all those guys sit this week. Make sure you don't start them. Uh, let's get right to some major injury news, and we're going to talk about the fantasy impact. Uh, a shocking win by the Atlanta Falcons down in New Orleans, uh, but Matt Ryan knows how to how to play down there. Uh, you know he got the job done. It wasn't big for fantasy, but uh, you know they got the two scores and they held the the uh, the Saints in check. I, I don't see how it happened, but they lost some key players in this game. The first one was Devonta Freeman with a foot injury, more of a toe injury, or whatever. But he's out for uh, for two weeks or, or if not more. Uh, fantasy impact there. Ito Smith is on IR. Uh, with head injury, a concussion, I believe. So this is Brian Hill's team now. He's a, a rookie, and uh, the, the coaches have a lot of 
uh, you know, confidence in him. He, they say he's a three-down back. He's going to have to be because he's going to be the, the main guy there. The guys behind him are, are total unknowns. So what, what is your thinking of the Falcons running game, passing game? Can Brian Hill save some fantasy, uh, fantasy teams this late in the season? Uh, maybe this week, and, and he is not a rookie. He's actually was drafted in 2017. He just hasn't done anything. But, but yeah, he's, he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the lead back. Uh, Dan Quinn said he's got a lot of confidence in him. Uh, he said he has no problem running with him as the lead back. They drafted a guy in the fifth round this year named Kadri Allison, who hasn't really seen the light of day yet. So I'm sure he's going to get a little bit of run as the backup so they can see what they have in these two guys because, by all accounts, uh, they're not going to bring Devonta Freeman back next year. So they want to see what they got before the draft so they, they can work him. Brian Hill's going to be a good thing. We'll talk a little bit more about him later. One thing to know about Devonta Freeman, though, is that I've seen a lot of things saying he's going to miss two weeks or more, but he's still, unless something's changed in the last hour, he's still listed as doubtful. So they haven't really totally ruled him out for this week, so I don't know if we can honestly say he's absolutely going to be out two or three. I think he is out this week, and Brian Hill's going to be a good fill-in with this matchup this week. Yeah, I forgot about Mr. Austin there. So, uh, yeah, the, the Hill, Hill is not a rookie, but I tell you, you know, this is his first big uh, action. You know, he's, he's played a little bit behind Freeman because of the this Edo Smith injury. So it's going to be interesting, uh, you know. So everyone's going to be making a run to pick up Mr. Hill, especially the Devonta Freeman owners out there. You're probably right to do that. So uh, in the FFPC main event, uh, there's going to be a lot of money spent on Brian Hill. If he's still out there, it's going to be interesting to see what happens this week. Uh, I uh, I could use them on my teams, but I don't think we got the money. We got around two, a couple hundred bucks left, and uh, everybody is, there's some teams there that hang on to their money seven, eight, nine hundred bucks. So it's going to be interesting to see how much is spent on that. Anyway, uh, let, we'll just stick with the positions here and get to the tight ends in a little bit here. Uh, a big important injury on uh, on uh, uh, Monday Night Football. Actually, there's two of them, but I only listed one here because the other one is is supposed to be short term. Uh, is Emmanuel Sanders with the ribs. Uh, he came out of that game uh, with rib cartilage. Didn't even look like he took a hit. He was just grabbing it as the right uh, right side there. Uh, you know, he, he just caught two quick passes and exited in a, late in the first uh, first quarter for uh, early second quarter and such. And uh, they uh, did an MRI and they're calling him day to day. And uh, Kyle Shanahan already came out and said he's game time decision for this week. Uh, fantasy impact there with George Kittle maybe out in another game. Debo Samuel had his best game as a pro. So what, you, what, what is your thoughts on Emmanuel Sanders and the, and the mess that is the receiving core for the 49ers right now? Well, yeah, mess is definitely the key word. There's a reason they went out and traded for a true guy that could be a number one receiver before the trade deadline because they've got a, a whole bunch of meh in the receiving core right now. Um, I, am not, I know Debo Samuel had a big game. I'm not so sure he's the guy I'd bank on going forward. Um, what I did notice watching the game was that, yeah, Debo Samuel got a lot of play, the guy he looked to on third downs was Marquise Goodwin a lot. So clearly there's a little more trust there with him. And obviously Dante Pettis uh, had some really nice finish at the end of last year. So I'm not entirely sure how to make how this, that three-headed monster is going to get split up. I think it's probably going to be pretty, pretty wide open. But, uh, if, you know, honestly, if I had to, to lay my odds on a guy in a PPR league uh, of those three, I might lean toward Marquise Goodwin just because I think that's who, who he's going to look to when the rubber meets the road. Well, he's going to have to start catching the passes because there, there were six well, targets that. in that game that went. That's right. There were six targets in that game that went to uh, Goodwin and Pettis and no catches. So, uh, you know, the, the issue is not the route running. It's not even getting open. These guys are getting open. It's the fact that Pettis and Goodwin are like hands of stone. They're not catching the ball. And Debo yeah. Samuel even had a drop in the game. But at least, uh, you know, he's catching the most. And Kendrick Bourne <laughs> – 
who gets run, you know, he, he's a messy route runner and all, but he seems to catch the passes more, and he had a touchdown in the game. So, I don't know, my, 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 my bet is on Debo here, but the bottom line is that, you know, George Kittle is still very iffy to play this week. He's got the knee and the ankle injury. Shanahan said it's a, it's a bigger injury than Gould. Gould's got the quad. He's going to be iffy, uncertain. So let's say you got Emmanuel Sanders on your team. I guess you can't really count on him playing, but let's say they go into Sunday's game, it's game down decision, and he plays. Uh, you know, I, I got burned with Adam Thielen, you know, going out and playing a, like seven snaps and, uh, you know, dropping a pass or, you know, he stretched the wrong way and he got a big fat zero. Do you, if you need to get points this week out of your wide receiver and you've got somebody that's a lesser a guy on your bench or whatever, are you going to take the chance to start Emmanuel Sanders or are you going to go with the, with the alternative, uh, you know, considering the fact you could get a zero out of Sanders? Uh, considering the nature of the injury, too, I, I also think Sanders is a little safer bet than Thielen was the other week. Thielen had that soft tissue, a hamstring strain. That's the kind of thing that, boy, you just you just go to push off and it's done. The rib is more of a pain tolerance issue. It's not going to inhibit his motion like a hamstring would. So I think if he's going to go, then it's just going to be pain tolerance, and I'm going to trust the vet that he's going to be able to, to stick it out. So I, I think I might feel a little more comfortable with Manuel Sanders than I did with Thielen last week. Yeah, I, I do agree with you there. It's just that the fact that they said that he actually hurt it a little bit earlier in the game and he gutted it out for a couple of series. And it just happened to be on that one pass play. They went across the middle, and the ball was actually thrown in, in the, into the ground right in front of him. And you could see he was just kind of almost limping around there because he was grabbing his side, you know, and it was just looked very painful. He went right off the field. They took him right into the locker room, and you never saw him from him again. And, as, you know, that's just, that's just uh, you know, kind of – kind of uh, scary uh, for that type of injury there. But it, it, I think it also depends on if he it gets in any practice time, if he, you know, feels a little bit better and is limited or whatever. And I'll, certainly if he gets a full practice in by Friday, then I guess he should be okay. We're talking about this on Tuesday night, people. So realize that, what you know, that, that that's the situation here. Anyway, let's move on over to the tight end position here. And we already talked about Kittle. And, uh, and then Devonta Freeman's running mate, Austin Hooper, had an MCL injury. Uh, they didn't really get into details. They said he's getting a second opinion. But usually uh, MCL injuries are like four to six weeks, aren't they, aren't they, Chris? I mean, you think Austin Hooper's probably had at least two, right? Yeah, in fact, the initial reports that I had heard said that they were expecting him to miss more than a month, maybe as much as six weeks. And realistically, with, with, Arizona, or Arizona, with Atlanta's season going the way it is, if he's out six weeks, he's probably going to be done for the year. There's no point risking that to bring him back for a team that could be, you know, 3-11 and 11 or something at that point in time. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 that, this is something that's definitely going to screw the rest of your fantasy season and probably may take the rest of Hooper's NFL season is my gut feeling. Wow, uh, that's that's just a, it's a shame. You got all these guys like Tyler Lockett, uh, you know, with the leg injury. They haven't even mentioned him. Uh, they expect you know him to be okay, not miss a game because Seattle has a bye this week. He left the game on Monday night real late. They were worried about compartmental bleeding and all. They had to get him to the hospital, and they got that under control. He's just got a really bad uh, uh, leg bruise there. And uh, so so uh, uh, Pete Carroll say, came out today and said that it looks like he's going to be good to go in two weeks. So they're biking at the perfect time for them. Some of these guys, these teams actually need these buys. But let's say you're uh, you're you're in a tight end required league, and your only you know good tight end is Austin Hooper or George Kittle. Uh, you know uh, what do you do for fantasy uh, uh, you know replacement at tight end? Um, off the top of your head, what what what's a couple of guys out there that you would be eyeing right now? 
Well, there's a couple of guys that have really started to step up just in the last three to four games. A guy like Jacob Hollister for Seattle has lit it up the last two weeks, filling in for Will mm-hmm. Disley. Ryan Griffin was really starting to put up numbers. Uh, they said, oh, he's just holding the place till Herndon gets back. Well, Herndon got back and then fractured a rib. He's back out for the rest of the year. So now Ryan Griffin becomes someone that, you know, like I said, he's been kind of on the cusp of being a tight end one, maybe about 13th or 14th overall for the last month. Yeah, that, you could do worse than a guy like that. You know, those two guys are the first ones that come to mind to me. Hey, a lot of people dropped O.J. Howard, and he showed a lot of signs of life last week, and maybe that's something that down the stretch with Tampa's favorable schedule for passing, that uh, he could be something that you might be able to pick up. Jack Doyle has been a guy, PPRs, who's been putting up some, you know, serviceable numbers for about the last month. Some options are he out there. He scored the last two weeks, hasn't he? Had, had Doyle scored uh, the last two weeks, hasn't he? Yeah, might have even been three out of the last four. I'm not sure. I can't remember off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. And you got other guys like Kyle Rudolph because Thielen's out, caught two. You know, he, he didn't get much yardage on Sunday night, but he caught two scores. And then you got very Gerald Everett. They caught like yeah, he's very touchdown dependent. But uh, you got guys like Gerald Everett that he, he catches. Uh, you know, on Sunday, I don't I don't know why I was watching that game late and Cooper Cup was invisible. <laughs> I guess Joe Hayden has a, a cloak and visibility put on him or something. But uh, Everett was catching the balls all over the place. So it's very unlikely sources that. Uh, but then you know, the first guy that comes to mind was Jacob Hollister because I, I they have a bye this week's not going to help you this week. But uh, certainly uh, you know, and then he said and Dixon's probably going to come off IR. But you know, Luke Wilson's hurt now so uh you know clearly a uh, hollister is the uh, growing into one of the favorite guys of uh of russell wilson to th- throw to and and if uh tyler lockett is limited or doesn't come back next week well then you know that's even more uh targets for hollister so you know lots of good things to think about there anyway before we get to uh our break here let's go through the major injuries of the week uh if you want to see a comprehensive list we do this for our premium subscribers every single day that is updated every single day throughout the uh, season and you just check out on our set ffmastermind.com uh, at quarterback uh, Matthew Stafford was a late scratch on uh, on Sunday morning hip and back injuries he's day to day he's got uh, frac- uh, fractured hip uh, I mean uh, uh, back fractures uh, so they're not sure when he's going to come back it could be this week maybe not maybe next week we'll see on that and of course over in Indianapolis Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett with a sprained MCL they say he's going day to day what do you, what do you think is his chances of suiting up this week Chris are I think. I think they're very good. He actually took most of the snaps in practice last week, which is, makes it kind of unusual that they went to Hoyer uh, as early as Friday night or Saturday morning. So I'm pretty confident he's going to play this week. They probably just held him out to keep him ready for these two back-to-back key division games only five days apart. Okay. And then let's move on over to the running back. The one big one is James Conner uh, with a shoulder, but he practiced fully today after doing that again on Monday, and he's expected to play on Thursday against Cle- uh, in Cleveland there. So uh, you Conner owners, uh, if you've been me and I've got him on one and i got Daniel and Samuel, Samuel struggled last week. It's just not the same. Conner is a special talent there uh, like Le'Veon Bell is. Uh, and, uh, you know, so if he starts, I think you're going to be starting him this week. Once again, Adam Thielen, uh, no, no real update on that. We're going to see if he practices Wednesday and see if he can uh, uh, play this week. They do have a bye next week, so they might sit him another week and get him healthy for week 13 moving forward there. T.Y. Hilton, the Cavs still day-to-day. Uh, anything new on T.Y. Hilton, uh, Chris? Uh, no, he's he's a fast healer, and they tend to try to get him back in. They clearly need him. So I think there may be a slight chance he plays this week, but I've not heard anything yet. Okay, okay. So we'll see uh, if he practices. And I was looking at this. You wanted to talk about uh, – <laughs> just looking at my email. 
So uh, anyway, uh, oh, this, uh, yep, the, the, oh, looks like uh, yeah, I heard about that. I'm just mentioning, uh, looking at the email about uh, Vinny Boombots, uh, Adam Vinicari. Were, didn't they bring in more kickers today to try out? Is his job in danger? I think his job is probably in danger, and it probably should have been several weeks ago. Uh, they brought in four of the six kickers that they brought in back in September. Uh, four, two of them are already on other rosters right now, so they can't do it. If they decide to make a change, and I'm, I still think that even though they should make a change, they probably won't until the end of the year. But if they make a change, I think Cody Parkey is, is the guy they're going to go out and get. He was with the Colts early in his career before being traded to Philadelphia, and then he was on a, a division rival for eight weeks this year and did pretty well with Tennessee. So I think Parkey's the guy they're going to sign if they sign a guy, and it's a decent opportunity for anyone that's actually making kicks. Yep. Uh, okay, uh, back to the list here. A.J. Green ankles day-to-day. Uh, something tells me he's not going to play this week. <laughs> that ankle's just swollen up. I'm not sure if his season might just be a uh, complete waste. Brandon Cooks with a concussion, not expected to play this week. We'll uh, check on him next week and see if his uh, headaches go away there. D.D. Westbrook, uh, neck and shoulder, had it coming off the bye. Well, the, the coach uh, Marone said uh, he's on track to play this week. We'll see if he practices there. You already mentioned Chris Herndon with the ribs, fractured ribs. What a waste of uh, talent there this year. A suspension of the first four games, then he has a hamstring injury, misses another four, then he gets, finally gets in the game, has a catch, and then breaks a rip, and he's gone for the year. So one catch from uh, uh, sleeper, super sleeper Chris Herndon for 2019. Uh, that gets to that right now, so we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim... Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, check out ffmastermind.com. Lots of free stuff there. Uh, free Eye in the Sky scanning reports on a weekly basis, too, from Chris on covering the Colts each week, as well as uh, our free NFL QuickBits page, our weekly fantasy premium newsletters for our subscribers with daily premium injury QuickBits, expanded picks to click and flick, the market feature on Tuesday, uh, spent the whole day working on it, uh, NFL game matchup analysis from John Cooney and, and my own uh, mastermind moments to it. Uh, of course, John Holler pitches in with the inside slant as well as a holler from the cheap seats. He talks about the late-season schedule, whether it's good, bad, or ugly in terms of weather. And this is important, people. You want to know if, you're, if your kicker or your quarterback is going to be playing in a snowstorm or in a dome where it's in the sweet 65 degrees. Anyway, check it all out. The midseason sales twelve ninety five. Here in another week or so, we're gonna probably reduce it to nine ninety five. But I don't know when that's gonna happen. We'll see. Please follow me on Twitter at ffmastermind. All right, the picks to click and flick for week eleven. I can't believe week eleven's already here. Let's uh, hit it hard, Chris. So give me a couple of quarterbacks you like and why. I'm gonna start with Kyle Allen. I know last week was a bit of an anomaly because the Falcons looked really good on defense. But they had two weeks to prep and motivation to protect their embattled coach. I think that emotion is going to wear off on the true Falcons, you know, the ones that have allowed the third most quarterback points per game and more than two touchdowns a game. I think they're going to show up this week. 
and I think they're going to have to focus on CMC in the backfield, so Kyle Allen's going to get his chance to shine. I think he's going to have a lot of opportunity. And then even though the numbers don't necessarily back it up this year, I like Ryan Fitzpatrick this week. He's thrown over 33 passes each of the last four weeks, and the team is really responding to his fiery leadership. Um, He's repeatedly done very well against his former teams, all of them, and there's a lot of them, and he recently posted just under 300 yards and a touchdown and a rushing score against these same Bills just a few weeks ago. I went back and looked. He's also tossed 13 touchdowns and is averaging over 30 points per game in four games over the last two seasons versus division rivals. This is a division rival and a former team. I like Fitzmagic this week. Okay, a couple of guys I like this week. Uh, Derek Carr, uh, you know, he's been good until this past week uh, because playing the Chargers uh, kind of struggled there. They got the, the, the run going, and they won the game uh, mostly on the ground. Well, guess what? He gets Cincinnati at home this week, so he's going to be throwing early and often. Uh, Jacobs can get his score too, but I think uh, Carr's going to be good for two-plus scores uh, as well. And uh, Dak Prescott, I think he's going to remain hot against the soft uh, line secondary, uh, you know, this week. Uh uh, Zeke will have a little bit more room to run, but Dak's going to get his. That's just what he's been doing this year. So if you got him, start him, no problem there. On the uh, couple of guys I'm not crazy about on the flick list, uh, Mitchell Trubinsky coming off a three-touchdown game while not against the Rams on the road. Uh, this actually could be a, turn out to be a fairly low-scoring game uh, because of the defenses and such on it. Uh, the Rams defense still playing f- fairly well, and uh, you're going to get home golf this week instead of road golf. It's <laughs> really ugly. Uh, but I would be worried about starting Mitch Trubinsky on the road in this situation. Also, uh, Baker Mayfield at home against the Steelers. Uh, Baker finally threw two touchdown passes in a game for the first time in 2019. I don't think it's going to happen again this week because the Steelers' defense is red hot right now. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick is making all the difference in the world right there, so I'd be really worried about starting Baker Mayfield this week. How about a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why, Chris? I really agree with you on that Rams-Bears game. So I'm afraid of Jared Goff as well. It's really tough to get behind his inconsistent play. And now he's facing this Bears defense this week that might smell a little blood in the water with this dysfunctional offense. Goff was also, if you saw this about the game, Goff was also pulled in the middle of the game, a design play for Blake Bortles in the middle of the game. Wasn't hurt or anything. So maybe Sean McVay is kind of feeling this out. I don't think he's opposed to shaking things up a bit. Not saying he's going to get benched, but I don't think Goff has as long of a leash as a lot of people do. The Bears have only allowed one touchdown pass a game and almost no scrambling, so this is a game with a low floor and a low ceiling for Goff. He also lost two offensive linemen in the game this last week. Uh, another guy I don't like is Kirk Cousins. Denver's been on a really nice run despite not getting the sack numbers. They've yet to allow over 19 fantasy points to a quarterback, and they're averaging under 12 points per game allowed. They've really shut down top wide receiver ones as well. So with Thielen iffy, and I think out this week with the Week 12 bye coming, they're going to focus on digs and neutralize the whole passing attack. Cousins has also been under 15 points in five of his last six home games, despite facing bottom five pass defenses in all six of those games. That's kind of scary. Yep, it is. Okay, how about a couple of running backs you like and why? Uh, We mentioned Brian Hill earlier. Uh, With Freeman and Edo Smith out, Hill's looking at bell cow level touches against a run defense that has just been brutalized in recent weeks and has allowed the third most fantasy running back points, by far the most rushing touchdowns and running back touchdowns overall. He's a great waiver wire ad, a great bye week fill-in, should have volume-based, solid running back two potential. He had 21 touches and a score after Freeman went out last week, so I think that's I guess, a pretty good run defense in the Saints. And I like Frank Gore, the old man, this week. This is his last chance to play against his hometown team and in Miami as well. 
the fact that he gets to do it against one of the league's worst run defenses makes it even more likely he can have some success. Even with Singletary's touch ratio recently, Gore's still been the goal line back, and I think he might get some extra run this week in that Miami game. Last game in Miami that he played for Miami, he went for 115 yards. The last game as a visitor he played in Miami, 95 yards and two scores. I think Frank Gore is going to rev it up for one more run yeah, against, for his home crowd. Okay, and uh, two guys I like this week. I like his running mate, Devin Singletary, for the reasons that you you state. Uh, he's getting uh, more touches in this game, and I think he's going to probably break a 20 or 25-yard run or maybe even a screen pass. I think he's going to score in this game. There's room enough for both guys to be successful there. So if you got Singletary, I'm starting him, so I would start him. Uh, anyway, uh, James Conner uh, already said if he plays and he looks on track to play against the Browns, the guy just blew up against the Browns last year. I think he scored four times against them in two games. So uh, if you got James Conner and he starts, you start him. A couple of guys I'm not crazy about with. Uh, it's been just a nightmare midseason for David Johnson, that, that uh, ankle injury and his back injury. Uh, well, guess what? He gets the 49ers defense, and Kenyon Drake's still on the team. And he's healthy. And the fact that David Johnson didn't look healthy, he had, what, about three touches last week, a catch and two runs, or I don't know. It was, it was just a crazy game. Uh, that just leads to a fantasy bench for me. I think Ken, I think uh, Arizona's going to let Kenyon Drake try to do what he can do against the 49ers. I don't think he's going to do it again, but I think he'll have more success than David Johnson in this game, and so I'd be very wary about starting David Johnson. And Royce Freeman, the uh, 1B to Philip Lindsay's 1A, uh, they're playing the Vikings run defense that just kept Ezekiel Elliott from getting 50 yards on the road. And this is in Minnesota. So uh, I, I'm probably going to bench Lindsey, even though he has big play capability. I don't see big play capability from Royce Freeman, so he's firmly on my bench this week. How about a couple of, uh, of uh, running backs that you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Uh, Sony Michelle, he's in the midst of a bunch of tough run defenses he's facing, and he's been a, very inefficient. So without the volume against tough run defenses, he's not a guy I really want in my lineup. Also, the pass defense for Philadelphia has been so terrible. I think the New England passing game is showing a little signs of life. I'd expect Belichick to use this chance to get the timing improved with Sanu, and, and Brady's going to pad his stats a bunch this week after getting pushed around his last game at Baltimore. So I think it's going to be an air game for, for New England. And then I know a lot of people have him ranked pretty high this week, one of the league-leading rushers, Leonard Fournette. Uh, the Colts have actually been allowing less rushing yards than the, than the vaunted Patriots defense so far, and they've been fairly stout up the middle on the run where Fournette likes to go. They have allowed some receiving and running backs, but it's mostly been the quicker guys. So I think if Fournette's going to do anything for PPR value, he's going to have to catch some passes. Um, Fournette's also never exceeded 57 yards against this division foe, although he has scored each of his previous games versus Indy. But he's only scored one touchdown this year with all of his rushes and attempts, and Indy's allowed only two rushing touchdowns. So without those scores, I think Leonard Fournette's getting limited this week. Okay. How about a couple of wide receivers you like and why? Love Ted Ginn this week. Um, there should be a great deal of opportunity down the field for the Saints to pass this week. Very beatable Bucks secondary. Nobody excels at the deep ball like Ginn. Here's a cool stat here. He's only scored six touchdowns the last three seasons. Three of them have been versus Tampa, and he scored in three of his last four games against Tampa. Ted Ginn looks like a really good historical thing to hit here. And then I like John Brown. Uh, he's the only receiver in the NFL to get at least 50 yards receiving in every game so far, believe it or not. And he had one of his best days against the Dolphins a month ago. His targets have picked up. He's almost a mortal lock for five catches for 70 yards. He also scored a touchdown against Miami earlier this year, and they've been very prone to having trouble with speedy downfield receivers. 
Okay. A couple of guys I like this week. Hollywood. Hollywood's back. Yeah, he scored a touchdown this past week against the Bengals. And uh, probably could have had more if the Bengals just kind of, you know, put up more of a fight, but they kind of, you know, put the, 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 the game to bed early in the second half. Well, guess what? They're playing the Texans this week, and both secondaries are not exactly very great. So I can see this, both of these teams going up and down the field, and Marquise Brown could actually score two or three times in this game. I'm serious about that. So, anyway, they're going to need all the firepower they can because Deshaun Watson and, and Lamar Jackson, this should be a heck of a game to watch. Anyway, the other guy I like this week is, uh, well, it's Tyrell Williams. And this, this goes right with Derek Carr. I love Derek Carr this week. He's going to be throwing the ball. Waller's going to catch his, and Tyrell Williams is going to rebound, finally get back in the end zone this week. So if you got Tyrell Williams, look for a big game there at home against the Bengals. A couple of guys I'm not crazy about this week, Allen Robinson, same reason I don't like Mr. Sabinski. They're playing the Rams. And Mr. Ramsey, yep, Jalen Ramsey's going to be on Allen Robinson, so don't expect much from him. You'll probably start him, but, you know, it's like one of those uh, cross my fingers and play, kind of like OBJ. And that's my other guy, OBJ, this week. The Steelers are going to limit him. Uh, when was the last time OBJ scored? Was, how many times has he scored? He scored against the Jets, right? Has, has OBJ scored more than one touchdown this year, Chris? Do you know? I believe he has not. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Yeah, he got to that be revenge fair, though, he against had, the Jets. He, he could have had four last week. He got interfered with three times in the end zone, and one got knocked away in a great play. So, I mean, they're, they're, that's, he's that's close. right. He's close. He's close. But guess what? Clothes don't count. <laughs> it only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. And this is football, baby. So, anyway, he's on my on my uh, um, flick list. You're going to start OBJ. You just got to hope and pray that he doesn't get interfered and actually it makes a catch and, and does something. Anyway, those are those are the guys for me to, to avoid. Uh, what about a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why, Chris? I don't like Kenny Galladay. He's got a very unsustainable touchdown rate. He's got eight touchdowns and only 38 catches. And that's the only thing keeping him fantasy relevant right now. With the potential for another Jeff Driscoll game, that, that bubble could pop. Uh, I think the Cowboys have allowed the second-fewest touchdowns of wide receivers, second-fewest yards, third-fewest receptions. So there's not going to be a lot of chances no matter who's, who's passing it. And I don't like Big Mike Williams for, uh, for the Chargers. He's not getting the targets, only three in the last two games with, with Henry back. And this game could have even less passing than usual. The Mexico games tend to be ground-heavy. And with the Chiefs' weakness being the run defense, this should continue. They got poor turf, an older quarterback, big wide receivers. All these things playing at altitude are factors that reduce his success. And Casey's actually the seventh best at limiting wide receiver fantasy points. So sit Mike Williams unless you have to. Okay, how about a couple of tight ends you like and why? Sneaky suspicion that O.J. Howard's going to have another good week. He's alive. He's alive. Hot off a seven-target, <laughs> one-touchdown game. I think the Bucks are going to continue to use his field-stretching mismatches with some of the top corners in the wide receivers this week. Remember, Evans got a goose egg against New Orleans uh, back in week five. New Orleans only allowed three 10-plus point PPR games to tight ends this season, but two have been the last two games. This is an exploitable matchup. And then here's a name you probably don't know, Ross Dwelly. Who is this? He was Kittle's replacement on Monday Night Football. Very quietly had seven targets on Monday night. He, now he gets to face the Cardinals this week, who have given up a remarkable 10 tight end touchdowns, as well as the most receptions, targets, and yards to the position. Great waiver wire bye week fill-in, especially if Manny Sanders is limited on the, because of the short week. Dwelly could get a lot of play. Okay. A couple of tight ends I like this week. Jared Cook has really come alive. Uh, a couple touchdowns with uh, Bridgewater, and then Breeze came back. He's still catching passes. I had a big game this past week. The Bucks have allowed six tight end scores in 2019. So if you got Cook, stick him in your lineup. Don't worry about it. 
T.J. Hawkinson, I know it's Driscoll, but uh, Stafford still might play. But even uh, Hawkinson had almost 50 yards receiving last week. Cowboys have allowed four tight end scores in the past four games. So Hawkinson's a, a pretty good play there. Uh, a couple of guys I'm worried about this week, uh, Mike Jacecki in Miami. The Bills have allowed just one tight end score in all of 2019. Just not feeling it there with Jacecki. And Ben Watson doesn't see enough targets. The Eagles have allowed one tight end score since week four. Uh, they've cut, tightened it up. I know that Brady's probably going to throw touchdowns in this game, but I see one to Edelman, one to Sanu, and maybe one to White, and nothing to Watson. So be careful there. How about a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why, Chris? I don't like Darren Fells. The Ravens have not allowed more than 28 receiving yards to a tight end since week four. and They've only allowed two touchdowns all season, none since week four. And with Fells being so touchdown dependent, his chances of being serviceable are low. Another very unsustainable TD rate, six touchdowns on 24 catches. And then Noah Fant. He had a monster week in week nine and then a bye. So I think some people might be seeing him as a sleeper. He's going to break out. But the Vikings haven't allowed a tight end touchdown yet this year. Indeed, only four tight ends have cracked 10 PPR points against him this year. Kelsey, Hooper, Waller, and Ingram. Fant and his offense are simply not in that class. Fant has been seven PPR points or less in seven of his eight previous games. Don't overreact to one week. Okay. How about uh, one-hit wonders? Uh, Kicker and defense, hit me with them. I like Steven Hauschka. Miami allows a ton of field goal attempts and, and extra points and the fourth most kicker points. And then Mike Badgley, the money badger, is still out there in a lot of leagues. These Mexico altitude games are good for field goal attempts and long-distance field goals, so if you get extra points for that. Then a couple of defenses I like. I do like the Jets at Washington. The defense is decent fantasy-wise, and Dwayne Haskins is a raw rookie on a bad offense, so there should be opportunity there. And then you got to like Oakland. They, it's, you know, their, their weekly chance to kick Cincinnati Oakland's fantasy defense is averaging nine points per game at home, and Cincinnati is terrible no matter where they play. Yep. Uh, we picked up uh, Badgley in FFPC uh, last week. Uh, only got six points out of him, but, uh, yeah, this matchup is, looks good on, on paper too. So, anyway, want to remind everyone that a premium uh, newsletter purchase also gets you free access to our subscriber forum where there are nearly 4,000 subscribers registered awaiting the voice or opinion. Anyway, thank you for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazrek. See you all next week when we preview week 12 of the 2019 NFL fantasy football season. Good night and good luck to everyone playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarak, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.